we have none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Glenn Twiddle. Welcome, mate. Thank you for attending. Don't know about that, mate, but I'll uh, I'll do my darndest to live up to this uh, last of the year finisher with a bang. Or maybe they just hid me till it was all over and everyone's on holidays before they wheeled out the old boy. <laughs> you reckon you're fifth in line, you reckon? I, um, yeah, mate, that's it. <laughs> Happy to be the second guest, though. I didn't know that I was the only repeat offender. Well, there you go. So that's got to say something. You've also got to look at the numbers that are in today, and we've also, yeah, we've got a whole bunch of people here, so I'm thrilled. How to Become a Marketing Machine by Glenn Twiddle. Um, <laughs> now, you were on, I didn't interview you because I wasn't employed at Open at the time, but last April, well, not last April, April just gone, believe it or not, that's how uh, quickly it goes. So there's obviously been a heap going on between um, April and now. What's changed in your world? Tell us about uh, what's happened in your world from then. Well, I suppose in, in April, it was in the middle of all the craziness, all the uncertainty and all the lockdowns and all those things. And and it was at that time that I was recommending, like I had about a week, maybe in kind of March, where I thought, oh, what's all this going to mean? You know, for the real estate, it's got a bit panicky. But it was in March that I thought, oh, well, if we're going to go down, we're going to go down fighting. So we put the foot down, started doing more. You know, we, um, you know, we booked in uh, the event that you honoured us with your presence at with Ryan Serhant and we did an event with Eric Thomas and we started, we, we decided both my company and my students, I said, well, look, we can't control all this other stuff. What we can control is what we do. So let's just do more in serving our respective communities. So that's me for real estate agents and that's real estate agents for their communities. And let's do what we can with what we've got as much as possible. And that way, if the whole country goes to hell, then at least we'll go down swinging. And really the biggest thing that's changed, mate, since April is we've gone from really not knowing what's going on, being a bit uncertain and even feeling a little bit of the financial ramifications that some people took a dip in, you know, uh, inability to run buyers, inability to transact properties, to now at the end of 2020, many of my students who did that uh, go all in premise that just serve your butt off. Like if you can only leave the house for an hour a day, do phone calls asking people what they want for six hours a day. If, if they need a hand, if they need a toilet paper run, if they need just anything and then spend the one hour a day freedom you've got helping your people. You mentioned digital marketing. It's obviously a huge force in real estate um, and will be for many years to come. You've called it the, is it the letterbox of 2021 <laughs> and beyond? Talk to me about what you mean by that. Well, I suppose, I mean, the fact is uh, half the viewers on here will be watching on a mobile device. We're all within arm's length of our device, you know, um, even if we are driving down the street, you know, when you think about uh, what I mean by that is it's the primary marketing media that the world is addicted to, like it or hate it. And frankly, I'm not exactly enthusiastic as to what that's doing to us psychologically. If you watch some of these docos like The Social Dilemma, you know that it can be quite scary the kind of the psychological society-wide ramifications of what platforms like Facebook uh, and other social platforms have done to us, to our kids, et cetera. It's a scary thing, but that does not mean that it would be responsible of us to not put our marketing message. I mean, frankly, if the world is sitting around there zombie-like just staring at a device like this, it's irresponsible of us to not put a marketing piece, if it's available to us, at one cent, which is what it costs, it costs one cent for you to put an ad right on this device that I'm staring at right now, one cent. If I'm your target market, it is irresponsible of you not to pay the one cent. So um, that's what I mean is it's the most... Uh, to our societal detriment, I believe, and it doesn't matter what I believe, the fact is it's yeah. the most viewed uh, platform on the planet because we don't use these things as phones anymore. I mean, people are phoning us and we go, ah, oh, I don't want to talk to them. Can't you just send me a text? <laughs> so we're using these devices as a as something other. It's not a phone we're using it. It's not quite a laptop that we're using it as. It's, it's a unique thing that these mobile devices, both tablet platform, you know, um, even computers like uh, laptops are becoming more laptop and, uh, sorry, more tablet-like, you know, you're getting them so thin and you can remove the keyboard and there can be almost a, a tablet-laptop hybrid. So 
the fact that we can put marketing messages on that for one cent, and when you think about when I say the letterbox, I only mean a marketing media that we used to use prolifically. You know, most real estate agents used to use a, a letterbox prolifically. Well, a flyer, if you did a thousand A4 flyers, to print that would be, say, 150 to $200 to print a nice color, glossy flyer. Um, I mean, sure, I've got some flyers around here somewhere, but you know, if you were to print a DL, that might be $120 per thousand. So that's 12 cents for the print alone for the DL and 20 cents for the print alone for the A4. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe 50 cents for the delivery, 50, uh, you know, uh, sorry, $50 per thousand. So five cents to the delivery, maybe 10, maybe five to 10 cents per item. So really, we're up for depending on if it's DLA4, if you include delivery, if you do it with the bulk junk mail people, I don't recommend you do. But if you do, that's $44, I think, per thousand. So that's still four cents. So we're up to 15 to 30 cents per flyer in a letterbox. But really, and you know what happens with it, it just gets picked up, glanced at, chucked in the bin, and that's that. Now, if that costs you 20 to 30 cents, to get that same message onto a device that the world is addicted to for one to two cents maybe, and to be able to do all the technological things like some of the fancy-dancy stuff, the retargeting, all that fancy stuff, but ignore all that and just say front-end bulk marketing alone at one cent per impression, it's the greatest marketing opportunity in the history of planet Earth. And I believe that most real estate businesses and most real estate agents, I'm going to say with some exceptions, but most are letting that opportunity slip away. Yeah. Even me, I'm doing a good job. I'm spending a lot of money. Maybe personally, maybe a two or $300,000, um, maybe 150 to 300000 depends on how many big events I've got on Facebook advertising per year, 150 to 300,000 per year. That's just on the Glenn Twiddle brand. If you include the stuff we manage, because we do the social media work, if some of my clients, if they couldn't be bothered or don't want to learn it, just want me to do it. I've got some clients who pay me to do their social media. If you include that spend, it's millions of dollars (laughs) on this platform. And But I even think I'm underspending. Yeah. At one cent per view, when my target audience uh, is right there, just as addicted to these silly looking things as the rest of the world, uh, yeah. I believe everyone's underspending, but most real estate agents are grossly underspending the, uh, such a, a lucrative, you know, if the job of advertising is to buy the eyeball space of the consumer, you're missing the most discounted bargain basement eyeballs in the history of advertising. And interestingly, with letterbox dropping, there's no algorithms where the letterboxes don't go, I'm in real estate mode or not, as opposed to Facebook that obviously puts whatever you put in, you can choose the algorithm of the people that you want to target. So, I mean, if- imagine, I mean, just to that point, imagine if there was a, um, you know, what's the Geelong Herald? What's the paper in your the neck? Geelong of Advertiser. Yep. Imagine the Geelong Advertiser. They come to you and they say, Will, we've got a new product, mate. We've installed in the advertiser eyeball detection software. And what's going to happen is we are going to give you a list of people who read your ad uh, for 15 seconds or more who, uh, who and, and then you're going to have the opportunity to put another ad inviting them to the open home only for the people who um, read your ad for 15 seconds or more and we're going to charge you one cent per invite to Imagine if that was the case. Well, we might think that would be the greatest thing in the hit. Well, that's exactly what Facebook uh, allows you to do. Yeah. Incredible. And, mate, it leads me right into my next question, Facebook versus the other social media mediums. You're pretty heavy on um, Facebook as opposed to the others. What What's the go with that? What, why would you suggest that? Well, I'm on all the others, um, and I'm, I'm always experimenting with them. A couple of weeks back, I did a, uh, well, to promote actually the event that you and I hosted with um, with uh, Ryan Serhan from Million Dollar Listing. There you go, a little plug. You can find that somewhere. I don't even know if we're selling it. We're probably giving it away somewhere. Um, but it's on my page. If you go down, you'll see me and Will, and we're hanging with Million Dollar Listing and all of the, you know, the, the, the free event that we did. Um, and so that event, I did a week of TikTok advertising. Right, just to test because I'm always testing, and so um, the TikTok advertising it doesn't even get a look in right now. But I did the same thing with uh, YouTube, um, same thing with Instagram. Um, I haven't really tested LinkedIn for a long, long time, so I may do so. Um, yeah. but whenever I did, when I did test LinkedIn, there wasn't any life in the tank. Um, Instagram was about a two or three to one ratio, meaning 
for me to get the same response that I get on Facebook, say a $15 uh, person putting up their hand saying, yeah, I'd like an update on the value of my home. There might be $15 in advertising per appraisal request with name, email address, phone number, et cetera. Well, on Instagram, it was sort of $30 to $45. And we'd always test one versus the other. And that's the beauty of Instagram is it's all run by the same advertising platform because Facebook bought Instagram. Mm -hmm. So um, if an appraisal request costs double or triple on Instagram, it does on Facebook, I'm not going to spend a penny on Instagram. I'm going to go on Facebook, you know? So we did the same thing with YouTube. Now, YouTube's a bit more of a tricky modality in that, you know, me doing a video offering a free request, a free update on the value of property might be different than you because we've all got different personality, you know? They might trust me, you know, less because I'm a big bald man, for example, than a attractive, you know, 35-year-old female. But they might, you know, they might, not respond to a 35-year-old, male or female, more than they might a 45. So there's so many variables when it's video. But by and large, I just couldn't get YouTube on a cost per appraisal basis to be anywhere near this $15. Maybe because Google owns YouTube advertising and Google, even Google pay-per-click, nowhere near it, you know, because it was like, you know, in some of the cases, in some of the areas, it was like $4 a click and it took 15 clicks to get a name, email address and phone number. Well, that's $60, $70 per appraisal. So the long answer, the short answer is I tested them all and Facebook, the one that, that came up trumps. Now we could sit here and really delve into the psychology of why, and I've got some, maybe some ideas as to why that happened. You know, I would suggest first off, because all of them you can target age-wise, right? So age isn't the variable because even on TikTok, even though it's primarily young pups, with the TikTok advertising I did, I only targeted people 35 to 55, right? I only targeted the age demographic that I wanted to test who might be transacting in properties. So that's not the variable. But I think the variable is what we do psychologically when we're on Facebook. Like when we're on Facebook, we're on there, we're doing all manner of things, maybe like a newspaper, in that if you're in a newspaper, you're seeing an article on this, an article on that. And if you saw an article in the newspaper that said, hey, prices have gone crazy because of COVID, um, you know, uh, normally what the, you know, a valuation would normally be 500 to $600 on your property. Well, what we've done is we've invested in the same data as valuers do, and we'll provide you with a property price report for free to let you know what COVID has done to the value of your home. So there was a big full page ad on that. You might be psychologically in the mood for that sort of information if you were flicking through a media like the newspaper that has such a varied amount of uh, content topics, so to speak. What I reckon might be happening and the reason for the disparity is I don't think psychologically people are in the mood to go, oh, yeah, that, that's a good point. Maybe I should find out about the value of my home when they're on those other platforms, you know, when they're on Instagram, where there's a lot of fitness models and a lot of, you know, ladies with boobs out. And there's a lot of men with boobs out, frankly. There's a lot of visual things going on. So probably harder to take the psychological interruption of, well, you want to talk about property now? No, get me onto the next fitness model or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, definitely the same, I would suggest, if that's the case with TikTok. There's all the little girls doing their boop, 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 or whatever they're doing. Yeah. They're not in the mood to talk property. They're just psychologically not in the place. Whereas on Facebook, I just think, for whatever reason, I think they are. But you know what? At the end of the day, doesn't matter why. The beauty of all these platforms is the inarguable statistics. That's what I love about this. Back in the day when you and me were sort of honing our craft, mate, we couldn't really measure as effectively as we can now saying $15 per appraisal takes 10 appraisals to get a listing opportunity, takes two listing opportunities to get a listing, and it takes nine out of 10 of our listings to sell. We can do the mathematics on our advertising so brutally diligently right now yeah. that it is, it's irresponsible for us not to be getting the skills that we need to be able to take advantage of, you know, these things that we're talking about here today. So, mate, you, you say that it takes, let, let's say, 15 bucks to get an appraisal, but I, I would imagine a lot of it has to do with the content you put in that particular post. So what are some, dare I say it, some killer lines or dialogue or something you could put in a post to attract an appraisal? 
Yeah, that's the well, that's the magic question. And and I would say marketing since its inception has always been a, a cross between what you say, right? So your words or your, you know, your graphics, your words, your visuals, your video, your creative, if you will. So your message, what you say, who you say it to, that's your targeting, your audience, um, and kind of the delivery mechanism, you know, that's your media. Uh, And even within media, you've got stories on Facebook, you've got timeline feeds, you've got marketplace, you've got um, what they call the audience network where Facebook has JVs with apps that, you know, how if the app is free and ad pops up every now and then, well, a lot of them are fueled by the Facebook ad platform and the rest are fueled by the Google uh, ads network platform, you know. So there's all of these media within the media, but but still it does come down to message, what you say, market, who you say it to, and I suppose method, if you will, like the delivery mechanism, you know, so um, how you get it to them. And so with each of those three variables, you know, there are no killer lines that will guarantee. It is the artistic manipulation of those three items and the beauty of Facebook and, and, and its ad platform, all of them have it, but the, you know, I'm recommending Facebook. The beauty of that is you can split test and measure all of them, changing only one variable. Like for example, you can run a story ad to the exact same audience with the exact same creative, just change the dimensions and all those things, but you can run the same stuff, run it stories versus uh, timeline feed, you know, normal feed. And, you don't have to have a debate on what's better because you're going to sit there and that's going to be $22 per appraisal and that's going to be 15 job done. Yeah. So, but if it's, but here's the other thing, if it's that cheap per appraisal and you do your mathematics and it works out that it costs you $600 in client acquisition costs for every $10,000 commission check that you end up banking after you've mathematically done the job. Well, I wouldn't be turning off those stories just because the client acquisition is $850 per $10,000 check. I would rather be deploying in all media, leaving yeah. no layer unsaturated while it's this cheap, you yeah. know? And yeah. so, um, so yeah, but to say that, so the, um, that's a big caveat to say there are no magic lines. Yeah. But now let me give you some magic lines. <laughs> <laughs> but the, 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 <laughs> what I would say is the principle overall is, don't do what everyone else is doing. So if everyone else is saying, oh, you know, like back in the day, I mean, I used to collect because I'm sort of going through um, some of my stuff and trying to tidy up around here. Um, but I used to collect agents' letterbox collateral. It was not good, right? How many letters do you get where it just says, oh, I'm in your neighbourhood, do you yeah. want an appraisal in some way, shape or form? So say anything other than what they are saying. But w- what I kind of free-formed for you before, and if you guys want to go back and kind of maybe analyse that, not that it was the magic pill or anything, but we are in a very unique time at the moment where the whole country has just had some pain and fear and we were scared to death to one degree or another for six months. Now we're in this sort of unique limbo where we're not as scared. We're starting to get a little bit of, oh, thank goodness we're almost through that. New normal, things like that are becoming the catchphrases. So we're there, but we're not so far removed from the problem because there will be a point when we are so far removed from the problem, it'll be like Ebola or or swine flu or all those other pandemics that have historically gone. Do you remember how scared you were and emotionally about the swine flu? No, you don't. You don't even remember it, right? You barely remember the name Ebola and all of that. You certainly don't remember the the panic. Well. Now, I don't know if that's where we're going to get, but there will, if it just stays here and we just improve and there's no other outbreaks and stuff, then COVID will be, a, we'll remember it, but it won't be as emotionally able to be mined like it is now. So what I would say is messages along the lines of acknowledging what you did to serve your community during COVID and just saying, hey, guys, you know, say this was a video uh, sales letter opt-in that you deployed on Facebook for, you know, whatever. But you could do this in a letter. You could do this in a uh, a letterbox drop, maybe that you dropped around to your neighbourhood, you know, not to the homeowner, but deliver it so that it, it's got some caring about it. Um, and you, you sort of said to your people through whatever media, now remember media is a variable, so you can change it up in the media, but might say, hey, Will, um, I, man, hadn't 2020 been crazy? Um, you know, well, as we're sort of maybe starting, hopefully getting back to some new normals, understand the, you know, the experts are saying that the economic uh, ramifications of 
you know, shutting down half the country for a while, they've done some things to the value of property in the Geelong area. In some cases, uh, one way, in some cases, the other, like some cases up, some cases down. But, you know, it's interesting. But the chances that you're sitting on, uh, you know, what you think you are on, on, in terms of value of your home are, are virtually zero because, you know, the the, the world's just blown up. So, um, you know, I'm not sure if you've had a uh, if you haven't had a valuation in the last sort of year since COVID started, um, we've actually invested uh, as a company a whole bunch of um, you know resources and, and money into the same information that valuers use. And so we're able to offer you a report based on that data, thousands of dollars worth uh, for free. Um, and it's with our compliments, and we'd be honoured just to get you a report there of all of that information, all the graphs, all of the economic data from the Department of Titles and all of those things, um, and waive the cost on it, you know. So um, with our compliments, just our way of giving back to our community because I know that um, it's been a, a crazy year. So uh, a little bit of a New Year's gift, really, as you're setting your New Year's goals, plans and things, you know, even if you're not selling. In fact, especially if you're not selling, it'll be important to know just where you're sitting as you make your plans moving forward and it'll be our honour to pop one of those around. So let me know uh, when's a good time for me to do that. You know, so something like that. So it's acknowledging that something happened. It's not promising to do a valuation because we're not allowed to do that as real estate agents. We are not valuers. But we do use the same data that valuers do have in their mix of doing valuations. Yep. So, you know, by offering that, and other people say, oh, why would anyone say that, you know, a report's you're worth anything? It's free. We can do it for free. And I say to any principal licensee out there, well, how much is your RP data bill every month? Oh, it's three or four grand a year, is it? How's that free thing going? Yeah, and, yeah. and the salespeople are out there going, oh, it's free. Yeah, well, tell that to the boss. Just give <laughs> the boss four grand and just cause. You know, yeah. so someone paid for this data. So you, why wouldn't you just give what you're doing? You know, is your time worthless? Is the four grand worthless, you know? So, yeah. Um, so yeah, but giving it some sort of value so that, uh, you know, that, that would be a way, it's not the only way, of course, but that would be a way to get into a door because think about it, you know, when, because when you're asking for killer copies some killer lines that guarantee you're going to get into a door, there are none because 99.9% .9 of your community do not give a stuff about what's going on in real estate because they're not in real estate mode. They're in real estate mode every seven years. Yeah. So for most of their life, your weekly market update on what's going on in the market means less than nothing. And I say that with all the respect in the world. I say that even though if you've got nothing else to talk about, well, you may as well talk about that. But yeah. understand that most people don't care any more than, you know, Will cares about some competitor of his accountant who's sitting there doing a Facebook Live on, you know, what the latest tax ramifications are, blah, blah, blah. Well, if Will's got his accountant, he doesn't care what the other accountant's saying about anything because he's not in tax mode at the time. Yeah. You know, it's like if there's someone on Facebook Live doing a doing a Facebook Live about hair bloody cleaning techniques, I don't care because <laughs> I'm not in hair mode ever. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, I suppose, the thing is there is no magic pill to get their attention in real estate because most of them don't care. So would you say it's smarter to, and let's say you were average at your content, be better at targeting your audience with average content than have amazing content and target the wrong people? Okay. Now, I would say for the novice, because you know, even what you said, if you're average, right, and I would even say most real estate agents, in fact, even when, look, when we're doing it for agents, we're above average in our ability to create content, right? And our primary targeting mechanism is this, geography of what area we farm, age demographic, done. Because think about when you did your letterbox drops, Will. Did you go around each one with your letterbox in hand, your flyer, and then go, oh, wait a minute, that house has only got a Datsun 120Y in the driveway. Hmm, I don't think I'm going to give a flyer to that person because I think they're a... No, you just shove your 20% marketing piece if they're a house in the area. So why would you do that to a 20-cent piece where you're throwing 20 cents a pop every time you're sticking something in a letterbox and yet you're going to be all squirrely and worrisome about the one-cent flyer? Yep. You know what I mean? So for us, age, geography, go.
That's the targeting. Sure. Can you get more fancy dancy when you want to start playing with some of the retargeting tactics and pixels and all of those things? Sure. There are probably maybe one or two handfuls of agents around the country that I've seen their ads manager that I would make that recommendation to. The rest, I've seen plenty of them though, trying to do that stuff and be too clever for their own good. And no one knows their name on Facebook. Yeah. Whereas... I've been, I was up in Joe Riley's office the other day and there's a bunch just like Joe, but I was in Joe Riley's office and I tell you, she has gone from nowhere to rock star famous in her area. She can't walk down the street anymore within two short years of doing this well. And she's just blown up and gone through the roof from a standing start new business. And it's all because she just employed the, you know, I mean, think about it for every hundred bucks, it gets in front of what's that? A hundred, 10,000, five to 10,000. People in her area get to see an impression of Joe Riley. Yeah. So great. what do you think thousands does? What do you think of maybe a few tens of thousands does to your presence in the area? You're famous. Yeah. So I would say don't get too clever with targeting too early. Good call. So um, video versus static, um, is it a matter of chopping and changing and, and, and keeping it fresh or is it about being consistent and sticking with the one? No, it's, um. well, for me, it's, yeah, okay. If you're going to follow my recommendation and spend more than you've ever spent before, if you're going to squirrel in some marketing funds from other media, if you're going to stop doing bloody, oh, here's one of my favorite pet ones, because I've never seen anyone make it work. If you've made it work, let me know and I'll I'll pay you for a training. Um, uh, the, the shopper dockets. Yeah. Right? I've had clients come to me, oh, Glenn, you're not going to believe it. I've just invested in the shopper dockets. Or the they've paid the two grand to be on the cover of Top Agent magazine. And it's not <laughs> a magazine. You know, it's just a $2,000 piece of graphic design, you know. Yeah. Um, so if you're going to squirrel some funds away from those frivolous media and put them into Facebook, then what I would suggest is a mix. Meaning, you know, um, now, not only that, if you're going to do graphical, don't just do, and again, I did have a... I know I had a I had a typical real estate flyer here with the guy's little um, uh, photo, the guy's little, um, you know, typical real estate photo, you know, arms cropped off, can't see him, it's tiny or whatever. Yeah. Don't just do your static stuff with and make it look like your same old real estate rubbish. Get some personality into your photos that, you know, if you're, if you want someone to call, get your phone, put something clever on your phone, sort of, ah, you know, just be animated so that people can get a sense of your personality so that you can feel like a human, not like, not like, because if you're sitting there all professional with your arms cropped off and with your smile and with your tie and blah, 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 then they know at a glance that you're a real estate agent, at a glance, and they hate real estate agents. So do you really want to market yourself in the body language, if you will, virtual in this case, but still it's body language yes. of the very thing they despise. So, um, so yeah, mix it up is my take, is a mix of video, graphical, uh, formal, informal, fun, serious, um, family-based, community-based, professional, property-based, mix up everything. That way, when they do meet you, if you're deploying that to that geographical area and that age group, when they do meet you down at the local IGA or something, they feel like they know you and you've never met. It's a fascinating phenomenon. And you don't believe me now if it's not happening to you, but when it happens to you, you're going to come to me and say, I wouldn't have believed, like, because that's what Joe was saying to me the other day when I was up in her office on the Sunshine Coast. She was saying, I know I just, I know you said it, and I know I said I believed it at the time, but it wasn't until now and she is experiencing it that she's like, I still can't really believe it. I'm just a little old real, because she's so humble. Yeah, and yeah. yet she's living that as a, as a lifestyle. Interestingly, and I've told the story a few times, but um, I used to take Fridays off, as I think you know. And um I used to every Friday, it wasn't by design, it just so happened that I would spend time with the family or whatever it was. And I'd always do an Instagram and Facebook posts and say, family Friday, et cetera, et cetera. And then from then on, I'd go to appraisals and I'd list the property and I'd say, look, just letting you know that um, I won't be available on Fridays because I spend, they're like, yeah, yeah, we know. I'd be like, how do you know? Well, because you, <laughs> spend, you spend time with your family on Fridays on your social media. I didn't even know these people followed me on social media. And so I was telling them about my lifestyle before I even knew them. Um, and so it was just I, the penny dropped then. I was like, okay, so 
I tell people what my life is like outside of real estate and they like me as a human being, not a real estate agent. And guess what? They call me mm. in. Well, and the, my beautiful execution, because here's the thing, they can only connect with you with your life outside of a real estate agent because none of them want to connect with your life as a real estate agent. In fact, you know, you, you're at a party. Oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a real estate agent. Notice how quickly they find a reason to head to the bar <laughs> or just exit this conversation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, and then, so uh, good call, my man. Yeah, the, the other one is, um, oh, how's the market? Uh, yeah, it's good. I, I live in um, on the other side of Australia. What's the market like over there? How would I know? How yeah. would I know? How's the market? Oh, what are you doing? Selling? Oh, it's great. Oh, buying? Yeah, it's even better. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. Oh, it's ridiculous. Um, so what do you think are going to be the changes from 2020 to 2021 um, as far as, let's, let's talk Facebook because that's the, the discussion we're on. Are there, is there anything new out there? Is there anything agents should look at that they haven't heard of or they haven't employed this year um, as far as Facebook's concerned? I would say there are always bells and whistles. So there's two principles at play here. One is Facebook, whenever it launches a new thing, gives it a disproportionate bunch of organic love before it eases back to what it should be. So for example, when Facebook Live first come out, and we're still seeing the end of that. So Facebook Live still gives you more by about a factor of double or triple to go live in organic views. That's the free stuff over uh, if you just post a video. So I've had people say, oh, Glenn, it's too nerve wracking, you know, to go live. Let me just record the video and I'll upload it. Well, you're okay, but you're going to spend three times the money to get the same amount of eyeballs up to you. So um, that's the, the the first thing. But the real principle there is, I think that's nickel and diming it to worry about the learning curve of the latest and greatest part of Facebook. When I have looked at hundreds of Facebook pages around the country, and I've rarely seen I've seen virtually none that, and there are, look, and that's because there's 10,000 pages probably around there. I've seen hundreds of them and none of them that I didn't know the agent stacked up to what it could be. Most of them are, the listings are up there. They've got four likes. It's them, their mother-in-law, their PA and their principal licensee, you know, because you see the same four likes on every listing as you go down the timeline. Yeah. And then you go to one of my students and they've got 50 likes of people, um, you know, tagging their wife saying, hey, do you want to buy it? And then you'll see the agent saying, hey, we'd love to show you and the missus through. Uh, when do you want to, you know, do you want to come to the open or, and then, you know, a little conversation happens there. Okay. It's like the comment section of listings on Facebook becomes like the shop front window with, with husbands and wives elbowing them in the gut saying, hey, baby, buy me that and telling each other jokes. Oh, finally, we could afford that. So that sort of stuff that used to happen in shop front windows is now happening in the comment thread on Facebook. You know, it was it was a while back now, and thank God it's becoming a distant memory because I'm embarrassed by this. But once I was laying next to Naomi in bed, right? We're both on our bloody phones. And instead of going to her with my phone, hey, babe, have a look at that, I tagged her in the thread. <laughs> She's next to me, right? So that's the world that we live in. And yet most agents... They think they're doing Facebook because they chuck it up on Facebook. But they, what they don't know is no one is seeing it. If it's only got four likes, you, your mother-in-law, your brother-in-law, and your, and your principal licensee and your PA, no one is seeing it. And that is 95 out of 100 pages that I look at is exactly that. And so what I would say to answer your question is, man, get good at this basic stuff. Learn the targeting of geography and um, age appropriateness or pay someone to do it for you. And it doesn't have to be me. I'll be honored if it was. Contact me. You can find me or Naomi. We're not hard to find. We'll do it for you. And we'll be less than the cost of your PA doing it, by the way. Right. So we're about a quarter of the cost of a PA and we'll be your social media department. But it doesn't have to be me. It could be anyone. Right. There's a bunch of, um, you know, well, actually, I wish there was a bunch of good social media managers out there. I, I wish there was, but there's not. Yeah. Um, so put them through the ringer and make sure they can show you exactly what they're doing to the criteria that we're talking about. And that includes me. If you were considering hiring me, make sure you put me through the ringer so I can show you what we're going to do and what you're going to get. That's definitely crucial because what I've seen, Will, is because agents sort of have that as a bit of a blind spot in their learning, um, I've seen some people come in, uh, you know, either people who've got some expertise in Facebook but know nothing about real estate and stuffing it up. 
agents who aren't quite up to your level, let's just say, agents who might do 10 sales a year, who learn enough about Facebook to be able to talk the talk, and then they get into, oh, I'll be a Facebook guru. And I tell you, it ain't a fun environment for the agent who doesn't know who to choose. So put them through the ringer and make sure they can show you overwhelming proof. If they can't show you overwhelming proof, make them work for you for free for a month to demonstrate their competence, right? So, but someone has to do this thing. So get it right, get your, you know, go through that learning curve as painful as it is either yourself or pay someone. It doesn't have to be a lot of money. You don't have to pay five grand a month for the top end guys because that's how much a good social media agency is going to be, three to five grand a month plus the ad spend. You can get it for cheaper than that. Um, And so put them through the ringer, find them. If you want to put me on that shopping list, I'll be honored. But someone in your business has to get this, the Facebook basics installed, and then we can move on perhaps to the higher level uh, retargeting and some of those fancy dancy things. Awesome. So let's assume that um, I would recommend, by the way, anyone watching, Glenn is phenomenal at that. So uh, I would recommend him personally. But what I was what I was going to ask you was, let's assume someone is wanting to do it themselves. And I know you mentioned one cent per impression. 15 bucks for an appraisal what kind of spend would you suggest um to put a post like to put on a post is it more posts and pay less or is it one post a week and pay more like what what do you what do you think mm, yeah it's um depends on the quality if you find a winner then you keep paying that until it's not a winner anymore meaning because that's the thing there's different types of posts just like any marketing there's a sold flyer that goes into a letterbox that's only intention is branding to repetitiously or whatever the word is that over time with repeated delivery of sold, Will Ainsworth, sold, Will Ainsworth, sold, sold, sold. You know, that repetition over a year, someone goes, geez, that Will Barth, he sells everything, right? That, that's a branding exercise that you can't measure with a return on investment on an, a cost per appraisal basis because it's branding. There is no way to measure it other than you're starting to get noticed more and that will happen over time. With direct response, meaning if you put up a, hey, would you like an update on the value of your home thing? I'll give you a free report, pop your details down below. That is a $15, $20, $25, whatever it is per lead, per name, email address, phone number and a request for, hey, how long do you think of selling? Zero to three months, three to 12, 12 or more. If that's $15 to $25 per one of those, then you keep running that. And what you've got to do is you've got to see how far, if you put the foot on the floor and you make that $1,000 a day, it'll get you a whole bunch of appraisals in the next week, but it'll be dead within a fortnight Mm. because everyone will have seen it within a fortnight and they'll start to get sick of it. So you've got to watch where your throttle is, you know, on, on these ads. But essentially, you run the winners until they're not winners anymore. So you just have them continually running. When it comes to posts, though, meaning the stuff that goes publicly on your timeline, then what I would say is if it's a listing, then VPA should cover a whole bunch and that should go for three weeks at whatever the VPA social media component of it is. You know, certainly if, you know, if nothing else, chuck a hundred bucks over three weeks and it'll be better than zero dollars, you know. Um, but the more you can do, the better. At the moment, I'm experimenting with a whole bunch of my clients where they've eased back from Premier All and they're pushing down on the social media and the early indications are real, real good news for us as agents. Now, that may change as other agents start to see the cheapness, I suppose, of direct-to-consumer advertising because when I first got into real estate, there was no realestate.com was there just, but it only just sort of started to get some some headway. So we were still marketing direct to consumers in the Brisbane News, in the Courier Mail and things like that. So there is validity and there's certainly historic evidence of very successful direct to consumer advertising to sell properties. It's just that nine out of 10 real estate agents do it horribly when it comes to Facebook. Because what we didn't have back then was one cent per impression Facebook. We had we had 1,000 per 24th of a page courier mail, you know. <laughs> yeah. It cost you five grand just to be a little bit in the game in VPA when I first got into real estate in 2000, 2001. So, you know, to answer that question, how much, it is a tough one. So with, with listings, as much as you can get in your VPA. With testimonials, repetition remember so that's not how much per testimonial that's how much over time on all of your testimonials being drip fed to your entire marketplace all day every day all day every day Mm. but what i would say no matter what 
if you're going to take the time to put it up at all, right? If you're going to even do some basic graphic design, if you're even going to take a selfie of you drinking at the pub and putting that up on your Facebook page, it needs to get at least five or 10 bucks for a day or two, because if you put it up and don't pay as a page, especially as a real estate page, no people see it except you, your conveyancer who wants to impress you by liking all your stuff, um, your property manager and your mother-in-law, that's it. So you've got to pay something. Otherwise, no one sees it at all. So minimum, if it's going to go to the effort of being on the page, five or 10 bucks for one day. Um, I have the privilege of now not being an agent, so I can tell people what I used to not tell them. I did my tax return last week. You talked about accountants. I did my tax return last week. I spent $45,000 personally on boosting Facebook ads in 12 months, and my vendors spent $50,000 boosting their own ads through my platform. So 95 grand was spent from me and my vendors on social media through Facebook in 12 months. Now, I reckon- And how was your geographic? Did you, your yeah. area? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. think about, if that was the case, think about the maths. Now let's say, because the tighter you get targeted, it might go from one cent to three cents of you. So let's go with three cents, say, just hypothetically. So $100,000, million dollars, so 10 million times, let's say conservatively, 3 million times your people in Geelong saw Will Anderson doing something. How much would it cost for 3 million letterbox drops at 20 cents a pop? 60 million. Yep. Is that what that is? I don't know if I'm getting the maths wrong. It's either 6 million or six, whatever it is. It's lots more than the 100 grand and 45 of which came from you. Beautiful, sure. mate. Yeah. Beautiful. So um, there you go. So everyone watching today, um, you may decide, I'm not saying you spend 100 grand, by the way, but the point of it is I spent a lot, but my vendor spent more. So mm. I combined the two and doubled the amount of social media presence I had. Yeah, um, there wouldn't be too many doing 100 grand in um, Facebook. So there would be some. There's probably some on this call because we're preaching to the converted probably. Your guys are learning. Your guys are proactively taking part in this sort of thing. So we may be preaching to the converted. But that's good because all those other ones out there, you look at their page. Now you'll see your competitors' pages with the four likes. You'll see it's the same four people and you'll go, <coughs> they're one of them, you know. <laughs> and so uh, there's your ammo at your listing presentations. There's a little yeah. tip. Yeah, yeah. So um, we've got some rapid fire questions. I did send them to you earlier to prep for them. I don't even know whether you've looked at them. I hope you haven't because I, I prefer to. I, <laughs> I didn't, but Naomi told me what one of them was. So, all right, hit, hit me. I've, I've got an answer for one of them. Yeah, it'll be the last one. And I know the answer and you've got to make it more interesting than that. I know what the answer is oh, going to be. I don't know. It wasn't the last one. It was the middle one, actually. But anyway, okay. go ahead. <laughs> now, which artist would you choose to create the soundtrack to your life? Oh, no, it wasn't this one. Um which artist would you use to create the soundtrack for your life? Okay. Well, Queen's my favourite band, but maybe that's too obvious. Actually, you know what? Queen would be pretty good yeah. because they kind of do sum me up, meaning not that they're gay, although nothing wrong with that. But anyway, Queen would be good because there's rock, hard rock, there's gospel. I mean, somebody that loves virtually a gospel song, there's fun. They're so varied, they account for every modality. So... I was going to say Dreams by Van Halen because that's probably my favourite Fire You Up song. So Freddie Mercury on vocals, Eddie Van Halen on guitar, <laughs> Stu Ham on bloody bass and, I don't know, John Bonham on drums or something, singing a Garth Brooks song because that guy's got some great song so lyrics. Got, so there you go. Figure that band out, mate. Yeah, yeah. So if you could... Will says worst answer to that question I've ever got. No, no, no. I actually love that one. Um, if you could only wear crazy patterns or I know the answer to this or plain colors for the rest of your life, such an obvious answer. Well, this is the one that Naomi did tell me you were going to ask. So I did, I quickly went to my uh, thing. Oh, and I said, well, if that shirt doesn't tell you the answer, I don't know if you can see, can you see the yeah, yeah. screen there? Oh, it's a, it's a white shirt with it. So have a look at that shirt. That's Tim oh. Ferriss. That's Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's at his house. And look at that bloody shirt, right? Look at that jacket. So wait, there's, the, there's the jacket to end all uh, jackets. So that answers your question. You've answered it very well. <laughs> um, now, who do you turn to in life when you need someone to tell you the hard truths? Mm, she didn't tell me that one was coming. Okay. It's unfortunately to my detriment, it's Naomi. And I don't want to hear it from us. So it's really no one. Um, 
I, in fact, and this is probably a challenge, I don't have anyone. So what I do is I shield myself from anything kind of negative with staff. And that includes Naomi. And that's why I say, this is a serious answer, to my detriment, my partner weathers any negativity. Because my job is to, I suppose, if you consider us a performance, you know, we're talking about bloody Garth Brooks before whatever. If I'm Garth, I can't really worry about anything but being positive with the the audience. You know yeah. what I mean? So um, I have so many layers of staff to tune the guitars, to book the venues, to make sure the band is there and all of those things that I just can kind of turn up and be sheltered from all those things. So, yeah, the unfortunate thing is when uh, there is no one person, um, so when those hard truths come in, they do hit me harder than most because I've set myself up to be so sheltered because I'm very self-aware that I know I don't deal with that stuff as well as a good CEO should. So if that's a limitation of mine, I haven't figured out how to get better at it. I've hired and in, in Naomi's case, because she is better at it, um, you know, hired internally, meaning she's my partner, um, yeah. but she handles that side of things. I know it's a, probably a less jocular and fun answer than oh, you might have wanted, but that's the reality for me is I know I'm not good at it. Well, I knew the answer was going to be Naomi, but the, 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 the substance behind the answer is really good, and I love that. The fact that you're vulnerable and you can explain that, um, I think mm. that's fantastic. So thank you for that. Um, now back to real estate for a second. Last question I've got for you, and I ask everyone this same question, Moving into 2021, what is one piece of advice you would give um, our agents moving forward that's going to give them the best opportunity um, to have a cracking year next year? Mm. Yeah, it's probably not uh, unique to 2021. Uh, Maybe it's exacerbated by 2021, but it's not unique to it. So given that they don't like real estate agents, given they don't care about real estate agents, and if they're not in real estate mode, they don't give a shit. You know, there's sort of three, four categories of, of ads social media or otherwise, that I've always talked about. One, ads that tell your community what it is you do. So that's your listings primarily. Two, ads that prove to your community that you're awesome, right? That you're great. That's proof. That's evidence. That's testimonials, sold flies, things of that nature. Category three is things that prove that you're human, real, authentic, genuine, you know, that sort of stuff. And then category four is lead generation stuff. Hey, do you want some help? Let me know and I'll give you some help. I would say push the foot down on category three. And if you can cram in some category four disguised in category three, and, you know, it's got to still come from heart that if you're offering something that can generate a lead by offering support and, and you know, these guys as a community, you as well, but, you know, it's your job as someone who serves that community for you to be the one that is serving them. Mm-hmm. So. Our job is to meet those folks, see if they need anything from us, real estate or otherwise. Like, you know, there is absolutely nothing wrong that if there's a lockdown or someone can't leave their house of delivering a bunch of dunny roll to them and just saying, you know, what do I owe you for that? Nothing. No, no, no. Jesus. The last thing we need to worry about is nickel and diamond, you know, over 10 bucks worth of dunny roll. Look, this is our way of giving back. We run a business here as well. And goodness, with our compliments, please let me know if there's anything more I can do. Right. So if you can double down on giving, There's a book somewhere around here called Jab, 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 Right Hook. It's by Gary Vaynerchuk. It's amazing, right? And the principle is, it's a boxing metaphor, jab, 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 right hook. What what his metaphor means is give, 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 and then you've earned the right to ask for something. So what I would say is jab more than ever before, because even though in normal business, if jab, 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 right hook works, then in real estate, in order to get over the distinct lack of trust they have for us, then the book in real estate should be, Jab, 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 right hook. Well, now's the time to be doing a whole bunch of jabbing, not a whole bunch of right hooking because they're a little tender out there and they don't want to hear your nonsense if they're not in real estate mode. So that's what I would bet. Now, that's always good advice to go heavy on the giving and less on the commission breath smelling, do you want to sell? Do you want to, you know, that sort of thing. Now so more than ever before. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, I was going to wrap it up, but I've just had a question come in from uh, Roberta saying, what do you suggest for a new agent to get their name out there? Hmm. Okay, so it's everything we've talked about in this and the last session, Roberta. Um, But on these sessions, we've mainly talked broad principles as we have here today. So what I would say very specifically, Roberta, it's 
get a letter, physical paper and ink, that when put into a plain white envelope and delivered a thousand times, gets you five to 10 people saying, yes, I'd like whatever you're putting in that letter. Don't use the word appraisal, use words other than that, you know, uh, an update or, you know, rewind this video and go back to where I talked about maybe that offer that we might make verbally. Well, compose a nice letter, make it look and feel like a letter, put it in an envelope like a letter and deliver a thousand of them and it'll be profitable at the five out of a thousand mark. And if you get 10 out of a thousand, that's magnificent. So it'd be one thing that I would do and commit to that. See, while you're walking the streets, delivering those thousand letters, and if you're new, what you've got is time. You're going to be noticing things while you're out there. You might even meet some people. You might notice a for sale sign that comes down without a sold sticker on it. That needs to get a door knock so you can introduce yourself to those folks. You'll notice what I call selling tells. While you are walking the streets of your area, adding to your business, adding to your health because you're getting some, you know, you know, a couple of hours a day walking, um, you're meeting the area, you're learning your area, you're learning the streets and the properties, you're adding to your business by generating five appraisals out of the thousand, you're noticing selling tells, you're doing about four or five things, you're probably listening to the Open Agent Better Agent series, the Open Negotiation Better Agent series, so you're adding to your brain, your health, your body, your, um, your motivation, your business by delivering and your market awareness all in two hours a day walking around doing that. So that'd be task number one. Task number two, I would learn how to run a basic Facebook ad with geographic targeting, right? So bring in the geography to your farm area, bring in the age demographic and play with learning Facebook ads manager. And if you want to reach out to me, um, and I'll, I'll dig up a free thing for everyone watching this. Yep, and um, if you want to reach out, I'll, I'll get you a freebie. Just message, um, yeah, maybe message me and I'll tell my team to expect the messages. Do you want to pop um, your details in the chat function? I'll, so people can I'll pop it in the, yeah. Well, no, I'll pop it in this on the, in the open negotiation group. Right. So in the open negotiation group, I'll put my contact details on there and yeah. you can um, avail yourself of a training to just start the basics there um, because they're the two things that I would do. Love it. Roberta, that should be plenty for you moving into next year. There's heaps there. Um, Glenn, that's the end of today's um, interview, mate. That is absolutely jam-packed full of information. Um, I just want to thank you. And by the way, every other um, speaker that we've had on um, since I've joined the team, um, this year for the Better Agent Series. Next year, we've already got uh, three speakers lined up for Jan, Feb and March and they're phenomenal humans. So thank you so much, Twids, and everybody else watching. Um, thanks for your attendance. About an hour of absolute jam-packed information. So have an awesome Christmas. And thanks, uh, Glenn, thank you so much, mate. Oh, man. And right back at you, by the way. Thank you for actually another thing um, for, who was the questioner who asked about that uh, question? Person? Roberta. Yep. Roberta, scroll down on my page and look for the session that me and Will did with um, uh, with uh, Million Dollar Agent and Listing Star Ryan Serhan, because that was like 10 of us giving you, you know, hours and hours worth of free training. Yep. Um, and there's got to be some gold in there for you above and beyond what I just said then. So yeah, what I would say is find all the freebies because all of us as speakers and trainers, we all have free stuff out there. So don't pay anyone yet. Yes. Consume all the free stuff and really implement those ideas. And, um, and then you'll have enough money to do whatever you kind of want as far as advertising, investment, coaching, mentoring, whatever. Um, you can play further from there. So Absolutely, cool. mate. Um, thank you so much, Twids. And um, I look forward to catching up with you early next year.